0: This is Talking Small Business with Kat Schmoyer and Megan Martin, a podcast for creatives who like to keep it real about what it actually takes to grow an online business.
1: We're competitors turned biz besties who chat daily, and now we're bringing you into the conversation. All right, y'all, we are back and this episode. I am really excited to bring this conversation to light. Megan and I, gosh we're women and we want to have a conversation around women and business and money and what it really looks like. We have told you all repeatedly like these conversations are real conversations that we have in our friendship in our Vox message conversations and um we want to have them with you too and we feel like this is it's a a little taboo, right? Is that like yeah. a good term to use here? Yeah. It's, it's a little taboo, um, but it's so real. And it's so real for both of us and particularly because of the roles that we play with our spouses and in our businesses and with our family finances. And so mm-hmm. we want to talk about it. We want to talk really openly and honestly and excited to get y'all's feedback. So today, breaking down barriers, being the woman who makes money, right? Like yeah. being the sole income provider for our families, um, being the reasons that our spouses were able to leave their traditional nine to fives. Like, first of all, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. A humble brag for both of us. Like yeah. I'm proud of us. I I'm proud too. of what we've been working so hard for. And I feel like we've, we both have very different stories that brought us to this moment. In our businesses and, and with our marriages. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure those of you guys listening, if some of y'all are in a similar season, like your story is going to look different, or maybe some of you guys are listening and you want this, like you want to bring your spouse home from the nine to five. And you're thinking about these conversations. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself all in all, this is what we're talking about. So Let's start with a little bit more of our stories and our backgrounds yeah. within this. So Megan, I'm going to I'm going to pass it to you and let you take us through your background with this.
0: Yeah, I think we should start with our story and the perspective of what our business story looks like in bringing our husband 9 to 5 and then I think later on we should talk about more of like our beliefs that we hold around being a woman Love and making the money. Um, so for my business story, so we've talked a lot about like what we've done in our business and the pivots that we made on this podcast. But what I think is an important thing to talk about in this conversation is a little bit different. Like, why did I start my business in the first place? And so for me, I started my business in 2011. It was right after we got married and at the time i was sort of in like this crisis of my life i did not finish college and I was working like hourly jobs. I worked the most random jobs in my life. I've worked as a waitress. I've worked as a medical assistant. I've worked as an esthetician. Like I have the weirdest I've. I was, I had my real estate license. Like I have like such a crazy array of past jobs that I tried out. And so at the time when we got married, I was a medical assistant. Literally, I was giving B12 shots to 80 year olds. Like that was my life when I got married. And I was in this space where I actually really loved the medical field. I was fascinated by my job as a medical assistant and it kind of just sparked this curiosity should I go back to college and get a degree and maybe pursue something like being a physician's assistant and Um, So we had just gotten married and we had just gone through marital counseling at the time. And a lot of our counseling, we talked about, you know, the vision of what we wanted our marriage and our life to look like together, as opposed to individually. And for Jeremy and I both, we knew from the get-go that, that starting a family and growing a family and having children and prioritizing family as number one was like top of both of our list. We were we were in agreement on that. And so, you know, I'm post-marriage, I'm in this medical assistant job, I'm considering going back to college. And we had this conversation of, okay, what do we want the vision of our life to look like? And we had just gone through marital counseling where we said, okay, we know we want to have a family and prioritize growing a family. And it would not be It would not have made sense for me to go back to school, to spend years studying, to get a job as a physician's assistant, to be in a full-time career while also trying to grow a family at some point. Um, So instead of doing that, I decided I would start a business. Like Literally, it was just, I have creative passions in my life. And so I started my business on a whim just to explore creativity. It was never never about making money as horrible as that sounds. (laughs) When I started my business, it really wasn't like, I wasn't trying to make money. Jeremy and I always said from the get-go, my business was going to be our fun money. Like it was going to be his corporate job was going to pay our bills. And then anything that I made in my business was going to be fun. So that's sort of how I started my business, which I think absolutely shaped my mindset around being a woman and making money as a business owner but i would love to hear a cat from you like what was your like y- the reason why you got into business
1: I wanted to make money. <laughs> <laughs> I Total you know. opposite. Like, you know, here we go. Um, okay. Yeah. So I graduated college. I was working a traditional nine to five and hating every single second of it. And this is not to knock any of you in a nine to five that you love. Like, please do work that you love. Like that is what I think Megan and I both collectively feel so passionate about is just do what you love to do. And if that's in a traditional work setting, you do you girl for yeah. both of us. Clearly it's not. And I I dreaded going to work. I dreaded. I remember this realization, like driving to work one morning, crying, thinking like, I'm going to be doing this until I'm like 60. Like, this sounds awful. Like, I don't want this. So I started looking at the creative world and I had some friends of friends and some women who I followed who were bloggers and who were just kind of like in that realm of life and thinking like, could I do that? And like, what would I do? And what would be like my ticket in? Then Matt for Post. We've been together since high school. So we dated for seven years before we got married. So we, you know, we were in it to win it and I'm planning our wedding and starting to think like. Gosh, maybe this is my ticket into small business. Like, I love wedding planning. I love that I would get to have a blog and I would get to create like a little mini platform for myself and a space to share what I love. And I could also make money and leave this nine to five. So I absolutely jumped into business, not just because I needed something that I loved doing, like, I was so drained in my traditional setting, but I, I, I had the mindset of, I'm going to leave this nine to five as quickly as possible. And that shows from the get-go in my small business. It was, let me do all the things. Let me mm-hmm. have as many offers as possible. Let me take as many clients as possible. It didn't matter that I was just a few months into my marriage, which is a whole nother like marriage conversation we could have mm-hmm. y'all, but my like work hat Came, workaholic hat came out and I'm like, nope, I'm going to do this. And this is my goal. And I'm so goal oriented and driven. I left my nine to five. I I was like overmatching my salary when I was 17 months into starting my business. I was done. I was out of my nine to five. And I was back and being able to just do wedding planning full time. Yeah. So totally different perspectives. Totally different. Money. Makes me sound like super selfish because no. Megan's over here, like marriage counseling and our vision for a family. And I'm like, girl, where's the money? Like, I, I need to leave my nine to five. Like, we got to do this. Yeah. No, but it's, I love it
0: because it shows that there's not just one path to success in entrepreneurship. Like I literally yeah. started my business and it was like, we made the decision. I, I quit my job as a medical <laughs> assistant, not because like I needed to replace that income, but we decided, Hey, we're probably going to start a family sometime anyway. So I might as well just go ahead and quit my job. (laughs) Like that was my my (laughs) life. Um, But we're not goal-driven. We're not, you know, next-level achievement-driven type of people. And we were like, okay, well, we make enough money. He makes enough money. So whatever I make in this random business that I'm starting is going to be enough. (laughs) But, um, you know, next steps for me is, you know, the story of all the pivots and the business growth and all of that. And then, you know, about year, I would say six, seven in my business is when my website template part of my business kind of took off. And that really was such an eye opener for Jeremy and I. And my business started like I said, it was a fun experiment and it really like took off around year 6, year 7 and then both of us looked at each other like okay, we were not expecting this. This is happening. This growth is happening naturally. I wasn't hustling. I had 3 kids at the time. Um, And so we both started just looking back at our life, we almost had to like revisit the marriage counseling around year six, year seven. And to be honest, around that time in our marriage, Jeremy and I were not, our relationship was not very good. Like we were struggling as a couple and we got to the point where we both, like, it's like, we lost that vision that we established before we got married. And he was like chasing the corporate America dream. And I was over here building my own little business and staying home with the kids. And we really felt like we were living completely opposite lives. And that's not to say like, if your husband's in corporate, that you guys have a messed up situation, it's just (laughs) us personally, we really were like, we, we were living this life of like totally different goals, totally different visions And when he would come home at the end of the day, around like year five, year six in our marriage, like we weren't connecting and having like time for us. We were just trying not to be mad at each other and trying to like keep the peace in order to go to sleep at night. And that is not the kind of marriage that I ever signed up for. Um, I was not happy. He was not happy. And we both sat down and said, let's revisit the vision that we set for ourselves when we first got married. And we realized that the, the way that we were living our life and the, the path that we were on, I mean, and let me be clear, Jeremy was making great money in corporate America. Like we were on track to like, be completely comfortable, be able to travel and stay at the Ritz Carlton anytime we want. Like that's where we were at financially wise with him working in corporate America. And we said, you know, is this worth it? Is this worth it? And we were like, our marriage is like on the brink of disaster. And because we are chasing this certain path, this certain American dream. And so we said, Hey, look at this situation that like totally was an accident. Like my business was a total accident, but it was making money. And we just got this hunch that maybe he could step away from corporate America. Like if we were going to continue on the trajectory that my business was making financially, my business could potentially match what we needed to make in order to survive. So like, that's where our shift came from me being like the fun business owner to like the serious (laughs) business owner.
1: Yeah. about for you? Mine, we actually have some similarities there, which is fun to like, like hear what you got. Not fun in that you went through that since obviously yeah. that was really hard. Yeah. Um. But for us, it wasn't the year like six or seven mark. It was the year three mark. That was really difficult. And I know I like kind of joked about, you know, I put on that workaholic hat, you know, at the beginning of our marriage, but I really did. And that caught up to us in year three, for sure, of it feeling like roommates you know, and I, I'm coming and going and he's coming and going and we're not having that like actual like marriage communication and like best friend fun that, you know, we wanted. I mean, we'd been together since high school. We had been together for quite a few years before we got married and we just, we hit a really, really, really hard season in year three. And so for us, it was kind of this reality check of, okay, what am I doing? How am I operating in my business with him? And so for me in that point, it wasn't even the thought of bringing him on in terms of he's going to get a paycheck from the business, but it was this mental shift of, Hey, yes, this is my business, but he's my husband. And I want to be able to like confide in him and like share things about the business with him and not necessarily need to like ask permission for certain Mm -hmm. things that were happening in the business. But make him a part of those financial conversations. And even though I have to explain what a styled shoot is 17 times, (laughs) like, let's still try to have the conversation, you know, like, let's be able to like really talk about the business together. And so for me, that was, you know, year three of the business and year three of our marriage since business and marriage started at the same time, let's start to have these conversations. And then the next year is when we decided we wanted to start trying to have a family. And we have a longer, you know, story for starting to have a family. We had two miscarriages leading into getting our son. And it was a hard season for all of those reasons. And when we were in the middle of that season, um, we started thinking like, what can we do in our life right now that would bring us like joy and fulfillment right now? Because we felt like we were in such a season of discontent. Like we wanted a baby and we didn't have a baby. Um, and in that moment, we had some really close friends in our industry that and in like the creative world that were husband and wife teams that we'd kind of like scoffed at, like, oh my gosh, how can they work together? Like, how could they like be with each other like day in and day out all the time and like have this financial weight on the business? Like, gosh, that like we could never do that. But then we had had dinner with him, And then we got to hear a little bit more about like what that looked like. And then the conversations just started to come more and more and more. And literally, I will never forget where I was when Matt called me and said, I put in my notice today. Like we've oh been beating around the bush. We've been beating around the bush of this conversation of like, should he leave? Should he not leave? And we had a really good, um, you know, year in the business and we felt like financially, okay, we could do it. And I will never forget when he called me and said, I did it. I put in my notice and I was like, oh my gosh, we're like actually like doing this thing. And so yeah. for us, like, it really just came down to like, if we want to, like, we want to build a life that we love. So why can't we just start to build that life that we love, you know? Yeah. And he loved his, he was a teacher. So he loved teaching and he loves kids. He was an elementary school PE teacher. So that was him. So cute. And it's such, yeah, it's such like his jam. Um, but we found that like we loved the flexibility and the lifestyle that we could create as a family. And we had joked for a while that like whenever we had kids, he would be the stay-at-home dad. Like that was like, he could rock that role and do it so well. He we does. Just decided, he, do- he does it so well. And now we have two kids. So now he really is like in that role. Um, we started him full time a year before our son came, um, out of just more of a desire to let's just start living that life right now. And even though we don't have kids, like let's just be at home together and let's figure out this journey together.
0: Yeah. Kat, I would love to hear from you if you had any like limiting beliefs or any barriers bringing Matt into the business with you being the face of the brand. I think this is like one thing that really I struggled with. So I'd love for you to hear from me. Like, did you have any issues like now Matt semi
1: works for you? (laughs) Like, Yeah. Weird. So weird. Yeah. Um, yes, I definitely have had limiting beliefs and just mindset shifts over, it's not mine it's ours yeah and what can we do together um I think especially in the beginning like in that first year like it was not all like butterflies and rainbows as soon as he joined full-time was it fun yes do we get to travel together yes did we get to like we literally traveled like all across the country that first year like doing fun work trips and like just really bringing him in like he would come on weddings and and all of that um but there was a lot of like back end conversations where he felt spoken at instead of like mm. spoken to, you know, like it was like I I was trying to teach but not teaching well. Um and, and this like wife, husband business owner, CEO, like all of these like mixed hats were coming into play. And so something that I had to start doing pretty early on in the business was trying to really put on the hat that I was wearing in that moment and coming to him and saying like, Hey, I'm coming to you as the wife right now. Like, can we talk about this from like Mm. a wife and husband role? Like, let's talk about this or like, Hey, we need to have a team meeting. Like we need to have a team meeting. We need to be business owners and we need to talk about this. And then having that team meeting and he would joke, we literally still say it to this day. I'm like laughing while I say this, he would make, he would make a mistake and he'd be like, is this a verbal reprimand? I'd be like, yes, (laughs) yes, this is, this is a massive verbal reprimand. But now it's like literally an inside joke for us. of like, well, verbal reprimand didn't mean to do that. Um, But just, so I think that is like a limiting belief I had was all of those varying roles playing and like, could I navigate them all well and trying to figure out how to navigate them all well. And I feel like a way that I combated that was deciding what role I was in, in that moment. And knowing that Mm -hmm. it is really hard to be CEO and wife at the same time, especially when I'm speaking to my spouse who is in the business. So how can I just be wife for a minute or just be CEO for a minute? Yeah.
0: And that's such helpful advice to even use that little tool, which is funny when you think about it, but to say, Hey, I'm coming at you as a wife right now. And that sets the tone of the conversation versus, you know, talking at Matt as like the CEO or whatever. Um, but for us, like our situation looks a little bit different. I feel like Matt has such a more integral role in your business than Jeremy has a role in my business. Um, and I also like think back to, the example that i had from my parents and i want to be clear like in sharing this example that i don't think there's anything wrong with the way that my parents decided to structure their lives and their marriage my husband my father had a um more like the traditional american dream like he has a great job makes multi six figures in his job has always been super successful And my mom was the stay at home mom. So that was the example that I had and I grew up with. And honestly, I'll be real transparent with you. I never, ever imagined being anything else other than a stay at home mom. Like when you would have asked me as a 12 year old, what was my dream? It would be to like have kids and stay home. Like that was, it wasn't me being lazy. It just honestly was my vision was being a mother. I always knew I wanted to be a mother um and uh, obviously part of that was shaped by the ex- by the example of my parents right um and so i came into adulthood and i came into taking care of ourselves financially with this example of the man makes the money and the woman stays home with the kids. And I know we're in 2021 and like the world is different and views are different. And we have such much more of a progressive, um, movement in terms of women making money and empowerment. And I absolutely want to cheer that on and like, don't hear my example, of what I came into this marriage with as anything less, but that's just what my experience was, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And Jeremy had the same exact experience. His dad actually owned his own business, but he worked full-time and his mom was the stay-at-home mom. Now she did more like creative projects, similar to being a creative business owner um, and did make money, but it was like the fun money type of conversation. It wasn't like paying my bills money um and so we both came into the marriage with this example of he works i care for children which is so like the 1950s you know <laughs> like that's just what we were modeling like with a little apron yes, like in I the mean, kitchen the <laughs> Um, you know, and it wasn't anything wrong with that example. That's just what we expected, you know? And so when my business started to take off and we were looking at our marriage saying, Hey, like, we don't want this relationship. This is not the marriage that we signed up for. And we made that transition. Granted, we, we didn't just jump. He didn't just leave corporate America because we decided things were hard. We had to, we had to ramp up to that. So we had to make sure we had enough savings in an account to, you know, Jeremy called it our runway. We had like a year's worth of runway before he left corporate America to make sure that like, if by chance my business plummeted, that we would have a year's worth of income to fall back on and and try to regrow it. Um, If not, he would go back to corporate America. Like that was just how we kind of defined what was going to happen. And so finally, by the time we got our year's worth of runway and he left corporate America, like there were some serious mindset shifts that needed to be made on both of our parts because he came from the perspective of I'm the man and I'm the provider. And all of a sudden he had nothing to do, like all of a sudden, like, he, we tried to integrate him into my business in the beginning and he just didn't fit. Like I, you know, I'm a creative, you guys call me like the unicorn or whatever. Like what do you call me? (laughs) Yeah. People call me a creative unicorn, like trying to fit my super logical, like construction background husband (laughs) into my unicorn rainbow business. Like it just didn't work. He didn't understand my products. He didn't understand my customers. Like And he really didn't find a great spot to fit in with what we actually needed help with. Um, And so all of a sudden he went from being the provider to not having any role in terms of the financial provision to where now I stepped into this role of like a hundred percent the financial provider. And it was like, our roles reversed. Mm -hmm. And we had to work through that as a couple of like, just like you said for you and Matt, that you guys were, it's not your business, it's our business, Mm -hmm. um, that, that like, we had to go through that same process of saying, Hey, like, you might be doing more of the childcare work right now, but you doing the childcare work is still a part of us running this business. Absolutely, our business. We're still running after the same goal, no matter what your role looks like. And I think that was like something that our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation missed the mark on passing down to us and our generations is that- Even if you are listening and your husband has a corporate job and you have a creative side hustle, you both are working towards the same vision. You both are working towards the same goal. It's not the man's role is more important than the woman's role or vice versa.
1: Absolutely. And as you're talking, I'm also thinking about like within that conversation, I feel like it's just a really beautiful reminder that like within working with our spouses, like we're not just working towards the long-term vision, but we're working for the vision like right now. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is something that like, I constantly have to remind myself because I am like long-term, like futuristic, so goal-oriented of like, we have our sight set on the dream house and, you know, we know the year, you know, we have this plan and I'm, we're gonna like work backwards from that plan. And while that plan is wonderful, there's also like the vision of right now. And like, but mm-hmm. what about like, in August? (laughs) What about in October of 2021? Like what, what does that look like for our family? And so trying to like find that beautiful balance, I think of, okay, I am, you know, working so hard for the family Mm -hmm. um, and not just for the future. Because I feel like that's a conversation we hear in the movies, right? You see like the workaholic man and the woman's like, you know, I'm stuck at home with the kids and he's like, I'm doing this for the family. And it's like, okay, yes, I do resonate with that. Like I'm doing this for the family, but also I'm doing this for the family right now. And so what does that look like for our family and like our relationship right now? And that's Mm going to look different for every family and every vision for, you know, the couple and the kids and all of that. But I just think that's something interesting to think about too.
0: Yeah, I do. I think when it comes to vision as well, like I love how you talked about, you know, when we, when you said you, you speak to Mike or Matt as either the wife or the CEO, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in this conversation of like bringing your husband into your business and and vision. Um, I think you can be the CEO because you've been doing this business and you've been running this business and you know what needs to get done. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I think when you bring your husband in or your spouse in um, that you need to, you need to realize that you're bringing them in on in a visionary role, the same level of like your CEO role. So Jeremy doesn't do as much stuff that I do in my business. He doesn't understand all the facets of my business like I do, but I invite him in to the visionary role as if we are equal CEOs. I and love that. That, um, it, it matters with what you're talking about too, about what do you want your season to look like right now? Like it's mm-hmm. not, when, when you become a husband and wife team, especially if you have children, but even if not, It's no longer just work time versus family time. It's everything is in one bubble now. Like my work life and my family life are completely intertwined at this point. And so you need to invite your partner in to be a CEO visionary role as well, because they have a say in what your family life looks like. They have a say in how you structure your work right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you even say you're prone to being a workaholic, but Matt should be able to have a say in how
1: much you work. Absolutely. And how that affects him. As your partner. absolutely, I think over communicating on this is so important. I remember the first year when we had Micah. So then Matt was real, like, so when Matt stepped into the business to like back up for a second, when Matt stepped into the business, he did step into like business tasks. Like, we were like, let's see, what do you like? What are you good at? What's exciting for him in the business? And he's someone who, um, I don't mean this in like a negative way. Clearly I love him so much. Um, I feel like he's a little bit of a jack of all trades. Like he can like dabble in like a variety of things, but he's not necessarily passionate about one thing in particular. So for me in the business, I'm fueled by, I want to do what I love. So what I am physically doing, like my zone of genius in the business, I want it to be like what I love about the business. And I am quick to outsource the things that I don't love. His mindset is, I don't care if I don't love it. If I can do that, and we don't have to outsource, I'm gonna do it, you know? So it was just different mindsets in our business when we first stepped in. So he stepped in doing a variety of business things for like that first year and we're figuring out what is he like, what doesn't he like, what works well for us as like worker bees together, like in the business. Um, And then when I had Micah, he stepped more into stay at home dad role. So after that, you know, kind of a traditional maternity leave, I tried to take and um, I'm stepping back into business and he's really wearing like dad hat with Micah and he's doing like feedings and nap time and like all of these things that like would have been more of a traditional role of the mom and he's thriving. But I felt like we constantly had to over communicate. And so I'm like almost pestering him like every few weeks, like, are you still happy? Like, is it still okay? Is it? too much with the kid? Like, do we need to like move this around? Like, what does this mm. need to look like? Because I genuinely wanted it to be something that like we both enjoyed and yeah. it we needed, oh, like we didn't get it perfect at first. It took, years honestly like Micah is three and May is a year and a half and it's taken us some time to figure out like what structure works well for us even with him wearing the stay-at-home dad hat more because first of all I still love my kids so I still want to have mom hat on you know and mm-hmm. I still want to have that time with them but we also needed to find this balance of what is too much for him versus what is too much for me and how can we do this in a working and in a marriage and like a working relationship and in a marriage relationship that's thriving and like fruitful for both of us. So all of that to say, over-communicate on all of those things Mm -hmm. to determine like what's going to work best for you and then what's going to work best for your spouse. Yeah. I think another really
0: practical thing that Jeremy and I did in order to make sure that we had space for communication is to schedule time that's for us. That's not revolving around work. Um, so for, I don't know about you, but I feel like as a creative entrepreneur, like my business could, could take over my brain 24 seven, always, yes. always, mm-hmm. right. There's always something to think about, always something to process. And so, for example, like we have what we call wind down Wednesdays. So we, we have four kids, like we're not going out to dinner for date night. Like we, nobody wants us to watch four kids. <laughs> So we like make these fun little traditions where we know on Wednesday night, like after the kids go to bed, we're going to have wine and we're going to watch a movie and we're just going to have fun. And it has nothing to do with our work. And that's been something that we have been able to do to create that space for communication. Um, So I don't know if that's helpful, but for us, it's been really like fun to have these traditions and know that we can have like
1: marriage time. That's not husband and wife work relationship time. No, I think that's great. And just like in the beginning, when we talked about like setting the lens at which you're going to have the conversation. And so even for us, like because we work from home with both of the kids and especially with like summertime and not have like Micah did like a little bit of preschool. So he was out of the house for like a few hours a week, but it's not a lot of time. So we don't have family close by. So we don't have the, the babysitter or the nanny or anything like that. It is us with our kids. So our like quote unquote, team meetings or like during nap time one day or like in the evenings. Um, But we'll make it fun. Like we'll, we'll work with a glass of wine, you know, like we'll do fun things around that. Um, But it's setting that, um, setting the tone of what that conversation is going to be like so sometimes when we're both like cleaning up in the kitchen I might say like hey I need can I ask you like a work question right now and like Mm -hmm. I start it like that and if he's like nope can't do it okay can't do it or he'll do the same thing for me like hey can we talk about that one client and I'll be like nope I can't do it right now like I just can't um and it's okay to be able to then say no not right now or enter into the conversation when you feel like the conversation needs to happen. So setting the lens at which the conversation can take place. And also within that, I wanted to make sure I made note of um, embracing like the gray area within that. Like, I feel like I am saying this for both of us, but I want, Megan, I want you to comment in on this. Like, I love working from home with my husband. Mm-hmm. I love that we are together more than I am with anybody else in this world, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not some cliche thing from the notebook. Like, we are together. Yeah all the time. And Mm -hmm. I like, I love him so much. And I love that we get to like raise our babies and build a business and travel and like do all of these things together. So if that means that we need to embrace the gray area of like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is on in the background. And we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about business in that moment. Like that is our life in this season. And it is a beautiful life to live. Oh, A hundred percent. I
0: mean, I still feel like pinch me because this is my dream life. Like this was, I can't even explain to you the feeling I have every day that I get to work. I, in my office, it's like my desk is, is facing the window and Jeremy's desk is behind me. Like, and I'll be on zoom meetings and I'll see his desk behind me. And it's just like, pinch me. Like he, we do this together day in and day out. And that's our dream. And I think it goes back to like what we talked about in the beginning is like, what is your vision? And if your vision isn't you guys working together, that's totally fine. But um I think even, and also bringing way back to the beginning of the episode when you said you're proud that you have created this business like I'm proud that I have built a business that takes care of my entire family's income. I wasn't always like boldly able to claim that I'm proud like that but it is our dream and our vision and so it was worth breaking down those barriers of what the what we expected our roles to be versus what they are now and then refocusing our Um, like our, my CEO perspective as it's not my business, it's our business. And it's just been a really cool journey so far.
1: I love it. I love it. I know this one, this episode's getting a little long guys. We just have like so much to talk about in here. (laughs) Um, I do though. I do want to bring up something just because I feel like I've actually had people like ask me this in person before. Um, And I don't know if we've ever talked about this in Voxer. So this is kind of fun for me to like pose this question in this realm of being a woman who's bringing in the income. How do you handle the pressure of that? Megan, like, how do you handle the pressure of like, well, yes, it is fun and wonderful and we love it so much. And this is our dream. And it is pinch me moments when we wake up, but there's also really hard moments of being nervous that the revenue isn't going to be there or the income Mm -hmm. isn't going to be there or wanting Mm -hmm. to like throw off the CEO hat and be like, I just want to be that stay at home mom. And I want my husband to bring in the bills and I don't want to have to worry about it. Like, I want to talk about how you handle that pressure.
0: That pressure is so real. And it's so hard at times. It was it's I will say, though, we are he left corporate America in 2018, I think. And it's so it's been a few years now for us. And I will say that the pressure has gotten a little bit easier over time to deal with. At first, like that pressure was really scary. And like, I never had to care about how much money I was bringing in in my business and because we knew we had Jeremy's income to fall back on. And so when that switch happened, I was much more worried and anxious about that than even Jeremy was. Again, in our story, like we had a year's worth of runway and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You are like trying to goal set and create these milestones and these benchmarks and you've never done this before. And now you're like wanting to make all these changes. Why don't we just keep our business on the trajectory that it is and see what happens? So he was able to like encourage me in that way that I don't need to try to change my whole personality just because Jeremy left his mm-hmm. corporate job. And mm-hmm. so over time, I over time, as he continued to encourage me in that, and as I continued to see my business grow and work despite not changing much the pressure like, felt less heavy on my shoulders and I felt more trusting in him because even though we have this role where I'm the income provider and he doesn't have a job, it doesn't mean that we've changed our marital roles. I still look to him as a leader. I mean, I, I truly believe that mm-hmm. we are equal in this marriage, but I, he's my husband and I value his leadership Um, in my relationship. And so I still look to him as a leader and he was sitting there giving me this encouragement every single time the money conversation came up. He said, listen, we're fine. We've set this up for a reason. Let's move forward in the way that we've set this up. And so it allowed that pressure to kind of like slowly take take its weight off of my shoulders. I will say now it still creeps in. um, And Jeremy and I just continue to look at what's going on currently in our business. So are we making the income that we need to make? If yes, there's no point to like stress ourselves unless we want to accomplish something. Um, But if we are not making the money that we want to make, at the end of the day, I know this sounds terrible, but at the end of the day, we always do have the backup that Jeremy can go get another corporate job. And so Mm -hmm. for us, like we just continue to prioritize what matters most to us and that's our marriage. And, and keeping our family first and keeping our faith first and, um, like letting this storyline write itself and not necessarily trying to like hold onto control over our life story forever. And we're just like enjoying this for now. And we'll see what happens later. That's like, that's how I've like taken the pressure off.
1: I think that's the healthiest mindset to have with it. I mean, God really is in control. I'm holding it with an open hand, um, my realization of the pressure came later. Like I was super naive when Matt first joined and I didn't, I didn't feel like extra pressure around it. Um, my intensity over that pressure happened in 2020 when like the whole world was falling apart. Um, Mm -hmm. and our business took a massive hit and I absolutely felt the pressure of, oh my gosh, like, We need to keep paying our bills. And it wasn't because we didn't have a runway. Like we had our savings. We were able to fall back. We were okay, but it made me anxious. It made me wonder. It made me second guess decisions I was making. And that's where I think- Going back to when we talked about, like, I love how you said that, like, Jeremy sits on that visionary seat with you. And like, yeah. that I think is the healthiest thing to do in any marriage, whether you work with your spouse or not. Like, I think yeah. it's just helpful to bring your spouse into that vision conversation. And so for Matt and I, because he was so involved in the vision conversation, I was able to submit to his leadership when he yeah. was coming in and saying like, Hey, it's okay. Like, we're going to be all right. Like, first of all, we're going to trust Jesus. Like, we're going to trust the Lord in this. Like, we're going to fall back on our faith first and foremost. And then let's look practically. Like, let's look at the money in the bank. Let's look at what's going on. Like, let's, you know, reevaluate some of these things and and not let the pressure be the first thing that we see. Yes, we're going to feel the weight of that because we are the sole income providers. That's natural. But letting that just be a part of the conversation, not the full focus and the spotlight mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. the anxiety isn't just like pinpointing on that over and over again. Yeah.
0: It's interesting for sure, being the woman who makes the money, but I hope that it, in listening to this episode, you feel encouraged and empowered. And if that's your vision to bring your husband or your spouse home from uh, corporate America, that there, it, it's a journey. It's going to be a juggle and there's going to be a lot of lessons to learn, But um, I think that I don't think that there's any specific definition of a role that you need to try to fit into. And I think just, again, keeping your hands open with this storyline and seeing what happens and truly bringing your spouse into that visionary role is going to help you as you take the steps to make the money. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. Well, I uh, cannot wait to catch you in the next conversation.